Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Greetings and welcome to Realty Talk, your go-to place for all things property. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance and we've got another cracker show for you this week. Now, in hyper-competitive conditions, how do you overcome tight sellers' markets to both find and secure a good property? Pete Wargent from Buyers Buyers joins us again to show you the way. And overlooked property managers are often the meat in the sandwich, so to uncover their pain points, the trends that are affecting them, and the new platforms transforming their lives and improving your experience as an investor, we're joined again by property management supporter Adam Hines, of sorted services. And to conclude the show, many property buyers make common negotiating mistakes that actually end up losing them properties. So to help you make successful offers, we're joined by property negotiator, Scott Agate from Hello House. And before we share these great insights, make sure you don't miss an episode of Realty Talk by signing up on the realty.com.au homepage so that you get every show in your inbox every week. We've got a lot of property gold to unpack, so let's get things underway. Hi and welcome. Now, if you've been trying to find and buy property over the last 12 months in the current hyper-competitive market, you'll know that finding good properties is like finding chook's teeth. And if you're lucky enough to find one, they go on a flash, often for much more than you're expecting to pay. So how do you overcome this and balance the playing field in finding and securing a good property? Well, in recent times, savvy investors have engaged buyers agents, but this has often been perceived as expensive. Until now, that is. So to reveal a new unique service that gives you cost-effective access to a national panel of leading buyers agents that will put you back in the property driver's seat, we're joined by the co-founder of Buyers Buyers, Pete Wargent. Welcome back to the show, Pete. Pleasure. Thanks, Bushy. It's always great to be on. Thanks, mate. Now, Pete, uh, what are the challenges that property buyers are experiencing in trying to secure properties in the current market? Uh, I think, well, first and foremost, it's just a lack of available stock. I mean, uh, there's been a bit of media talk about uh, vendors uh, fearing missing out and rushing the market with listings. But if you actually look at the reality, um, even in early 2022, uh, total listings were down 8% in January. They're about 25% lower than a year earlier. So I guess first and foremost, just a lack of available stock on the market. The fear of missing out over the past 18 months has largely been uh, buyers just desperate to get into the market. So that always makes it a tough environment, especially for inexperienced buyers, because there's always that, that sense of having to do something uh, just to get, get a property secured. Yeah, no, good call. So uh, what can uh, property uh, buyers do about it then, Pete? Well, as you know, Bushy, uh, real estate is largely a, a game of two things. One, finance, and then secondly, relationships. So if you're struggling to find a property to buy uh, or there's just too much competition in the areas you're looking, I guess you need to really build some relationships and get into the ears of real estate agents in the area that you're looking to buy in. So ideally, what you want to do is get access to pre-market or off-market deals. So 
get first look at property. So you're not there at the first open home with dozens of other people uh, all scrabbling for a contract. What you really want to do is speak to the local agents, uh, let them know what you're looking for and in which areas uh, so they can pick up the phone when something appropriate comes along. Yeah, no, good call. So uh, looking at the obvious gap here, how does your unique new business buyers buyers uh, play into this area? Well, I guess what's different about what we do is that um, we're a national marketplace for buyers agents. So um, we have nationwide coverage, but we've got no buyers. We don't particularly um, want to see people buying in any area. Uh, we can uh, actually recommend that people invest anywhere in Australia. Um, home buyers, of course, are always looking in a certain path, but for investors, I mean, you can be borderless these days. Uh, we have no bias. We can help uh, buyers and clients actually work through the strategy, work out you know, where are the best locations uh, for the capital growth and the rental yields that you're looking for. Uh, so it's an independent form of advice. We've also got a lot of um, property market research tools that you can access as clients. Uh, which will actually guide you through that process as well. Uh, so that's um, the main thing that we do that's different. We're genuinely nationwide and we've got uh, buyer's agents in every state and every territory. Yeah, okay. And if we break down the range of services that uh, buyer's buyers offer, what, what can a uh, property buyer or an investor uh, look to access? Well, we've got three levels of service uh, for all clients and all budgets. So uh, firstly, we've got um, what we call the We Plan service, which is a 10-year property plan. So that's the strategy and advice service for people who just don't know what steps to take next. Yeah. Uh, we all do offer the traditional end-to-end buyer's agents uh, service, which we call WeFind. Uh, so that is um, from the working out where and what to buy all the way through the buying process and for an investor right the way through settlement to engaging property manager, finding a tenant and so on. Uh, we do also offer something that's a bit different, um, and this is an entry-level product for people wanting to engage a buyer's agent, which we call We Buy, and that's where uh, the buyer actually does some of the shortlisting of the properties for us, and then that way it's more of a negotiation and due diligence and acquisition service, therefore much cheaper, of course, for the buyer. Yeah, it's smart. Uh, so uh, what are the key benefits of using buyer's buyers versus going direct to a buyer's agent then, please? Well, I mentioned the independent advice, so we can work with you on deciding where and what to buy. Uh, but generally, because of that, we can offer you a much more competitive uh, fixed price. So we don't charge a percentage of the purchase price or anything like that. Yeah. And because we've done the, a lot of the pre-work, uh, pre-qualifying buyers, uh, before we hand them across to the buyer's agent, um, our prices generally will come in quite a bit cheaper. So we'll save you time and cost and stress uh, when you're going through your next purchase. Yeah, one of the things that I love about the site is the the research information that you get access, uh, which is you know, second to none compared to uh, any other avenue uh, in terms of getting some really good data to inform your decisions. So uh, I think you've come up with the perfect complement there of, of the education piece they can access and then the delivery piece based on what their needs are rather than a, uh, an and or type of uh, an exercise, mate. So um I have no doubts that buyers, buyers will continue to do well, mate. And uh, I want to thank you for the update. And thanks again for your time on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Pushy. Thanks, Pete. Well, it's obvious that if you want to perform in a tightly held property market, you need to engage an independent buyers agent. And if you want to take to the next level, 
reach out to Pete and the Buyers Buyers team at buyersbuyers.com.au. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. Know How has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Welcome back. Now, having owned a property management business myself for many years, I know firsthand just how grunty and resource hungry the world of property management can be as all roads on an investment property end up on the property manager's desk, often leaving them frazzled and overworked. So to deep dive into the world of property managers to uncover the pain points they're suffering, the trends that are likely to affect them, and the tech platforms that have the potential to transform their and your lives as investors, we're joined again by property management service supporter, Adam Hines, the National Business Development Manager of Sorted Services for Australia's first all-in-one home services marketplace allowing you to connect everything you need for your home all in one place. So welcome back to Realty Talk, Adam. Thanks, Bushy. Welcome. Great to be here. Awesome, mate. Now, Adam, to kick things off, what are the pain points that property managers are currently facing at the moment? I think the big one for me in talking to a lot of agents and business owners is just burnout. The last couple of years have been really tough on everyone uh, around society, but also property managers are no different. They've had rental reforms, legislation changes, also the inability to speak the clients face-to-face. They've had a lot of, had to do a lot, like we all have to do over Zoom and they've had to adapt to that. I think um, property management, real estate is very much a people business and having that ability not to be able to have face-to-face appointments, going back to doing virtual inspections has made it really tough. And I think the burnout on property managers has been, it's, it's quite high. I think a report came out a couple of days ago from MRI and they're looking at one in four property managers are looking at leaving the industry. I think it's really important that employees are looking at the right tools for the PM to do their role, whether it be training, the ability to have that work home balance and also having the right technology. Yeah, good call. There's certainly some pressures. There's always been a lot of pressure on that because you're meeting the sandwiches as a property manager. But uh, so moving forward then, what trends do you expect to see for property managers this year? I just think uh, the industry will continue to evolve. I think COVID has brought that in, evolving with technology. Uh, different platforms to be able to do their job easier. And I think tech businesses also evolved. They might have had one element of their business was doing something within the real estate space and they've actually pivoted and actually added more elements to their to their platform. Um, I think virtual inspections will stay. Uh, again, having the ability to be able to go out and see a property virtually um, and then lease it before it's actually been seen is a lot easier as well. And I think that will stay. I think agents are seeing that. And I think the last one's probably just that flexibility, that work home, balance and we're going to work from home and be in the office technology allows you to do that i think business owners are going to also adapt to that as well a little bit more i don't think your traditional five days a week in the office is going to be there there might be that flexibility where two days in three days off um to allow that balance i think will be really important moving forward yeah good combination there so uh, focusing on the tech side of then how have tech platforms like 
the one that you've developed at Sorted Services transformed many property managers' typical day-to-day lives? I just think by automating a lot of the tasks that they do. So they're actually able to then adapt and, and look at dollar productive tasks. So getting a tenant in quicker, um, getting communication back to a landlord quicker from an application, designing the lease. Um, we've found in a lot of the, the work we've done with our property managers who are using our platform, they're saving about an hour for every single new lease they create. It saves about an hour's worth of time, whether it be automating an email back to a landlord or a tenant, even just creating the lease takes three or four clicks of a button. Uh, I think that's the biggest part for us and that's where we're really able to help our officers create efficiencies and also dollar productive tasks back for the business owners. Yeah, it's a big innovation. The time is the key ingredient and anything you can put back in their pockets is certainly going to make a very substantial difference and the, the landlords are, are going to benefit from that. So uh, what, uh, looking specifically at sort of services, what are the current features uh, that you've developed that are aimed specifically at supporting property managers then? Well, for us, there's, a four, there's four parts of our business. We, we automate a lot of the tasks we're intended to apply for a property, as I spoke about before. So we can, we can obviously automate the, the documentation back to the tenant. Um, we can shortlist clients uh, for the landlord. So again, that automates a lot of tasks and it saves time. Uh, we have a payment platform where we can collect rent. Um, the PMs have greater control on the rent collection, which makes it a lot easier for a property manager to look at what rent's coming in rather than waiting on the tenant to actually make a payment and then seeing it in your bank account. We can actually have help with that a lot more. And obviously our maintenance. Maintenance is the other part of it where we can um, ease for a tenant to lodge a, a maintenance request. The sort app allows a tenant to lodge a request, pay their rent and have all the relevant docs in the one application um, on their phone. So if they're looking at when their lease is up, they don't have to ring the landlord or the tenant. They can go straight through the, the sorted app and have a look at when they're you know, when their lease is up or when their last paid rent or when their maintenance request is out and everything's through the one app. Yeah, brilliant. That uh, singular concentrated focus is a, is a real boom for the industry. And so I'd really like to thank you for sharing these industry innovations, Adam, and thanks again for your time on the show today. No problem, Bushy. Thanks for that. Thanks, Adam. Well, if you're a property manager or your property is looked after by a property manager, make sure they're freeing up valuable time and money by investing in tech platforms like Sorted Services where you can hook up your electricity, gas, internet, insurance, removalists, and a whole lot more with just a few taps on your phone. Check them out at sortedservices.com. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Property depreciation is the natural wear and tear of a building and its assets. Property investors can claim depreciation as a tax deduction each financial year. Depreciation is a non-cash deduction. This means you don't need to spend any money in order to claim it. On average, BMT tax depreciation find residential investors almost $9,000 in first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Greetings and welcome. Now, if you want to be successful in buying a property, particularly in the current seller's market where multiple buyers are competing for a limited number of properties, you need to be an expert negotiator or engage someone who is. Why? Because most buyers make some common negotiating mistakes that actually end up costing them the property. So to discuss how you can make the ultimate offer using first offer tricks that do 95% of the heavy lifting when closing the deal, we're joined again by Scott Agger the founder of Hello House, who are actually expert property negotiators whose unique approach saves you money, time, and stress. So welcome back to the show, Scott. G'day, Bushy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, love your deep dives in this area, mate. Uh, you've got a real rare, rare skill there that's uh, second to none in the industry. So to kick things off, 
What mistakes are buyers making when they push forward and make an offer on a property? I think the biggest thing for me is not understanding the buying process um, and not understanding market value. I keep always coming back to that same thing, Bushy, but so many buyers make that mistake is they, they fall in love with the property. They haven't done enough research. It's all come too fast. Often they haven't even got their finance organized and the agents coerce them into making an offer. Once they start that process, they haven't got the ability to understand what's gonna come next, understand what they say to the agents gonna be used against them at another time, at a later date, and they haven't got the ability to finish the negotiation um, and control it to the benefit of, of their own back pocket. So understanding market value and understanding the buying process and the steps that you've got to move through and the speed at which you've got to do it, especially in this strong and booming market in certain parts of Australia, is crucial and probably the biggest mistake that um, any inexperienced buyer or someone that only buys once every 10 years, for example, um, would make. And it's a common, common error. Yeah, totally agree. I've often said that negotiation starts at hello. So, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, because I, whether you know it or not, the agent is is sizing you up. So, uh, absolutely. Mate, that's awesome. Uh, so, how can uh, buyers be smarter with the offer process to increase their chances of landing the deal then? Yeah, well, a key one for me is not start by offering low. Um, this is something that regularly happens when I was an agent myself sitting in that seat. To give you some sort of psychology around how that process works when you're sitting in the agent's seat, if a buyer comes to me and gives me an offer that's too low, we're just going to dismiss it out of hand. We are going to, of course, put it to the owner, but the owner we know is going to dismiss that because we've already indicated to them comparable sales at a higher price and we've set their expectations at a certain level. So there is no bargains in this, in this market, really. Um, and you can certainly buy better than others can in this marketplace, but you don't go around shopping thinking that you're going to get a 20% discount when you're buying a house. It just doesn't really happen in this marketplace unless you're buying an asset that's under extreme pressure from the seller or it's a dud asset that they want to get rid of and you don't want to be buying the latter of those two. So I think starting with an offer that's really well thought through comes back again to market value, but then having the guts to say, okay, if I go at 90% or 80% here, I'm going to get a flat no. I'm not drawing the seller into the battle, into the fight. And you need them in the fight to make this happen and to, and to, and to win any ground. So what I do is I'll study where the target price should be. I do a lot of work with my clients or myself if I'm buying to understand really what is that breaking point that is the drop dead number that we just won't go beyond. Yep. And then I'll look at offering 95 to 97% of the way bushy. Yep. And the reason I do that is because I'm looking to engage the seller or the agent. Yep. Too low, you're going to get a straight note. You get closer to it, 95, 97% of the way, I'm looking for two things. One, it's enough to buy it with my first offer. Or yep. two, it engages them and they, they actually come back with a counter offer or give me clear parameters of where I need to be. So I think that's a really important thing that buyers need to know in this market and other markets as well. This is going to work in terms of a flat market. Um, if it's a down market, then we can talk about this in maybe what eighteen months' time, two years' time. We should see. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> see yep, what the skill agree. set is and, and how we need to do that. And a couple of key things that, that buyers can do easily is just ask the right questions. So when you're at an open for inspection, there's no point asking questions like how many contracts have you got out. Agents are just um, you know predisposed to answer that question with three or four because they don't want to give you too many to scare you off. They give you enough just to create competition. So yeah. don't ask questions like that. Ask key questions about the seller's motivation. What settlement time is going to suit them perfectly? What deposit size they want? Are they ready to sell today, Bushy? Are you going to take my offer and use that as leverage against other buyers and have them um, bid against me? Are you going to close it this afternoon if I give you the right number? How are you going to run that sales process? 
Um, I want to know all that for transparency, and then it determines where I put my offer and the timeframes that we might put around it. So I think asking those key questions becomes a feedback loop for me, and I use those answers to then reduce the roadblocks and the negativity in my offer and make that as attractive as I possibly can to a seller. Yeah, I love it. And, and what I love about what you just shared with us, uh, Scott, is that it's not just about price. You're finding out what's really uh, the other things are important to the seller or the vendor that may then enable you to make an offer that's different to everyone else's who are just focusing on price and suddenly you're standing out of the crowd. Yep. So uh, I love that approach, mate. So, so talk us through then how you would typically set up an offer and leverage other property that you may actually have your eye on. Sure. So the questions is the first thing that I will always do and establishing what the absolute walkaway target price is. So those two things we've we've discussed already. Then I use a little trick, Bushy, actually, that um, does a lot of the work for me really quickly. Because if you're dealing with an agent, a lot of buyers um, will tell you across the country at the moment that they you know, they're, they're quick to service you and they want to get your money. But when you're actually going through the offer process, often they don't ring you back. Once they know that you're engaged in the process, it becomes hard to kind of resolve the offer and get it to, to close. So one yeah. of the things that I do to try and save my clients money on a building and pest report or time spent um, with solicitors and things reviewing contracts is to make an informal offer via SMS. And it does a couple of things for me, okay? So the first thing it does is the agent will come back and dismiss it instantly and say, not enough, not interested, whatever the reason, vendor's expecting higher, comp was this, that's more than this, or we've got other buyer interest above that level already. So that preframes what I need to do next and where I set my targets on the second offer if I need to. Or they come back and very often they'll say, put it on contract or put it on email. Instantly, I've just determined that I've either hit jackpot here or I'm off the mark and I'm going to have to put more on the table or it's not worth it because people are overpaying for it already and it's beyond our target price. And SMS is really good because it's so blunt as an instrument. You do it on email, there's a lot of fluff that comes back and scripts and dialogues. You do it on SMS, typically they answer it instantly and they give me a black and white answer. So that really does a lot of the work for me. And if I know it goes to formal offer or a contract offer, then they're either going to use that to condition the vendor to take market because they believe that's a good outcome to sell or yeah. they're putting it on contract because they know their owner is going to accept it. So I think if you can use that little free tip, that'll um, cut through the time that you spend, you know, in the negotiation process and get more deals done. Yeah, absolutely love that. Uh, okay, well, uh, and you, you've also, uh, in some of our past discussions, mentioned leveraging other property that you may have your eye on. Can you expand on that one a little bit as well? Yeah, sorry, I missed that. And that last question, I should have hit that as well. So leverage is a really good thing um, that I'll use commonly in my negotiations, but not all of them. And I think it's important that you just don't apply a one-size-fits-all strategy to negotiation because every negotiation is different. And as you and I have discussed off-air, we're learning constantly in this job, 3,000 property deals later, and I'm still, still learning every day in terms of how these things can often play out. But if you're going to use the leverage, it's, so leverage just for the people listening at home is to obviously introduce a second property that you might have an interest in or you might have under offer already. And you're going to use that to get a better outcome and to close the deal faster on the property that's in front of you down the road. So it's a great trick if done well, but the key to doing that is to plant the seed at a much earlier time than when you need to start using the leverage. And that might look like um, me and you, Bushy, going to an open for inspection and you being the agent, and this might be a week before we actually get to making an offer or days before. And I might say to you at that open for inspection or private buyer appointment that 
Bushy, thanks very much for showing me through. I have got a serious interest in this property. We really love it. The only thing is we're a long way down the line with another property. Um, so we just got to work out where we go and the timing of all this because we don't want to lose both opportunities. When you revisit that conversation later when you're ready to make an offer to you, I would pre-frame that in the conversation to say, look, you know we discussed this five days ago or a week ago. That agent or that seller is giving me a lot of pressure to act on that property. Otherwise, they're going to put it to market. They want to sell. Um, so we've got until Thursday, close of business. Otherwise, they're going to take it off us and put it to the open market. So it's not me that's putting you under pressure. It's the independent third party down the road. But that brings me to this point, Bushy, where we love your property. It's our preference. Yeah. And the value that we see based on what we've got under offer down the road and what our dollars can afford us, this is where we see value. And it's really important that the conversation is away from budget and turn to value at that point. So that's how you use leverage and value in that conversation to get what you want. Yeah, I love it. And it, it actually uh, flips the the scales in relation to suddenly putting the pressure on both the agent and their vendor to think seriously yeah. about the offer you're putting on the table rather than just be one of many that they're thinking about with no timeline or no no deadline that's actually going to uh, affect the, the move. Yeah, you you're effectively you know, reversing the fear of loss. You're putting all the pressure back on the seller to make a decision. Otherwise, you'll be gone by X date. And it's not you going in there just with a sledgehammer saying, take my offer by midday or I'm out. There's a very subtle way of doing it. And as I say, if you can drop that into the mix earlier, you'll be much better for it. Yeah, I love it. That's brilliant. Now, you mentioned using SMS as part of your offer strategy. Can you unpack for us why you do so and how that changes the agent's response? Well, I think the agents will just respond really quickly to SMS. So if you do something on email, you're just going to join a queue. They might not be back at their office and their laptop for hours and hours. So you're not going to get a response out of them quickly. Um, I think if you do the SMS, it becomes a very casual conversation rather than a formal conversation. Yeah. Um, and I just find that it, it, it cuts through really quickly. And typically, because they haven't got time, they're busy people, they'll just give you a very brutal response. But that very brutal response is the key to unlocking the door. It's going to show you that you're not in the ballpark or it's going to show you that you've in this, you know, in this fight and you've got a, you've got a, a very um, strong dog. Uh, aggressive dog who's going to win this battle so i like to do that it's it's a really you know low cost fast effective strategy for me that i know works and i've tested this you know over hundreds of of deals and you know you're not going to win all of them right so sometimes they're going to come back and say well we've already got interest above that level but you'd rather know that now rather than get the contract reviewed spend a thousand dollars at the solicitor spend two or three times doing second third fourth inspections spending $500 on a building and pest report and then work out that they've already got interest above that level. So I think it's a good way just to shortcut and hack the process. Yeah, and what it also does, I think, is cuts through the, the fluff that a lot of the agents try to, and the, and the manoeuvres and scripts and everything else that they use to try and manipulate you into going their way. If it's just a, a couple of couple of lines on a text, there's no ability for them to start uh, getting your head that way. So uh, I think it's yeah. a brilliant approach, mate. Love it. Excellent, mate. Well, look, uh, uh, again, I think we've only just scratched the surface here. So uh, I think you're going to become a uh, Realty Talk regular uh, with some of the stuff you're doing, because this really is at the at the leading pointy end of the whole exercise. So I really want to thank you for sharing some of your trade secrets uh, again today, Scott. Awesome. Thanks again yeah. for your generous time on the show. Thanks, Bushy. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Well, there you have it. The secret Good to stuff. making winning offers on properties lies in your negotiation skills. And as we heard from Scott, the devil's in the detail. So if you want to improve your strike rate in the current hyper-competitive market, reach out to Scott and his unique property negotiator team at hellohouse.co. That's hello, H-E-L-L-O, house, spelt the German way, H-A-U-S.co. 
keep watching your go-to place for all things property here on Realty Talk. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Another big thanks to our special guests, Pete Wargent, Adam Hines, and Scott Agger. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Australia's longest running and most popular online property show, subscribe to Realty Talk now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen. And make sure you sign up on the realty.com.au homepage to get every episode in your inbox every week. And while you're there, make sure you check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally. Thanks again to realty.com.au and BMT Tax Depreciation for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au, where we connect buyers, sellers, and agents differently. 